relationships I go through And I give it all away Just so I could say that But I know, I know, I know, I know That you're gonna be Hey, should we try that again? Let's try again God damn it <laughs> I'm so mad I cursed and everything And I forgot to turn the microphone on <laughs> Alright We're back there's going to be not, lots of animal noises. I can just tell you that already. Yeah, that's all right. Not the fun kind of animal noises, but like just random oh, gross. animal noises. Well, Nikki's back on the podcast. Hi. After your thousands and thousands of tweets <laughs> and emails and Facebook messages. I know you didn't see them all, but trust me, they were there. In fact, uh, Sean Spicer held a press conference earlier today to uh, talk about the numbers of uh, tweets and Instagram posts and it's the most tweets uh, ever requesting something. It really, it, I mean, it is the largest, the largest in the history. It was a bigly, bigly sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> let me just say this: we are four days into this, and I'm yes. already losing my fucking mind. Yes. For. What I feel are legitimate reasons. I don't really give a shit about the cosmetic reasons, the the numbers, the all the tweeting to the like. I don't I don't care about that at all. But sorry, can I interrupt you on that? It's not. I'm sorry, you're on a roll. But I understand why you would say you don't care. But it is unprecedented. Literally, the point I'm about to make. Sorry. The thing that I'm pissed about is that he stood in front of cameras with the presidential seal in front of him. Yes. And this motherfucker, Sean Spicer, says, you guys are lying. What you're saying is untrue. You're disparaging the president. Is the largest crowd, unrefuted, undoubtedly the biggest of all time. One and a half million, 1.5 million people. It's alternative facts, Jones. So we're not off to a great start. And I, I promise... I swear on everything that I hold dear. I would love nothing more than in four years to go, Trump has been the greatest president we have ever had. Everything is going great. <laughs> Let's reelect him for four more years. I swear to God, I wish that I could say that. I hope nothing more than we get to that point. Yeah. But if the, la- if the first few days are any indication, that's not going to be the case. If the first few days are any indication, he's not going to make it four years. But Mike Pence isn't any better. And in fact, probably all of the radical right-wing things that we've already seen, like reinstating the global gag order, although that was also done by Reagan and it was overridden by Clinton and then put back in place by Bush and then overridden by Barack Obama. So it's just a revolving door based on political ideology that this global gag order goes back into effect. And, but it's, it, we're not off to a good start. No, no and we're not. It's not off to a good start for building trust in government. No. Because. Or trust in the administration. In the administration. That's correct. That's when a better When your first press conference and then you, and then you go back and say, well, the first official press conference will actually be Monday. No, the first time someone shows up and puts cameras on you, that's That's, an official press conference. That's official. It doesn't matter how you tag it. This is not (laughs) uh, here. Let me just tell you this. This is now the first official jog pod of this season. It was the the soft opening. The first two weren't real. This is, (laughs) this is the real deal. 
<laughs> and I promise you that I don't want to spend every podcast bashing Trump, and that's not really what I want to do. But if you listen to the first episode of the se- the second season, the season opener, which I highly recommend, <laughs> one of the things that I feel is necessary for me to do and for me to hold on to what little sanity I have left is to tell truth to stupid. (laughs) And that is what I will do. And if you don't like that, I understand. You don't have to listen. One of the many freedoms that I am afforded, at least for now, is the freedom to express myself. And... I will continue to do that. It doesn't come without consequences, but I don't feel that I will say anything that would deem it to be anything other than debatable about whether or not it's legitimate content or whether it's enjoyable to listen to, all of which are not fact-based. They would be (laughs) opinion-based. So there you go. But that's what's going to happen. So let's, let's just get into it. So, I don't know if you if you heard about this, but there were some marches on Saturday. I like did there was a hear couple, like in a few places. I'm right. Not sure if I'm not sure if there was a lot of them. I don't think it was many people that showed up for DC for the inauguration. I mean the parade in the parade. I can't. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the numbers. It depends on who you ask, really. Right. And I don't think there were any like across the world either. But like specifically in the U.S., I. Maybe there was like one or two little places that had them, but like 50 people showed up here and there. I know I started, but let's snarkiness is not going to be the way to get people to pay attention. That's right. I'm going to quit being an asshole for a second. So just for a second. Well, I can't make, I can't make promises (laughs) anything beyond, you know, a few seconds here and there. So there are, of course, opinions on both sides about, how they feel about this, how women specifically feel about it, and a couple of different things have caught my eye. This one has come up a couple different times on on my Facebook page, and it's from someone called Brittany Clark, and it's her outdoors something, and she hashtag it with not my march. So I just want to read this. It It says, Dear Women's March, As I sit here watching the news, I'm trying to wrap my mind around just what it is you're marching for. Perhaps in your mind, there's some noble cause, in quotes. Perhaps you feel the need to be, quote, voice. Or maybe you're in desperate need of attention. Parenthetically added, nothing like wearing a vagina hat to accomplish that goal. So right off the first, pure snark. Which, in fairness, I mean, that's that's Facebook and you're going to get that. I'm trying to understand... Just what rights, quote, you think are or will be taken away from you. Now, that sentence alone is hilarious when we've had the last eight years of a presidency of people being told all of the things that this president is going to come in and take away. Which, I don't know if any of those things happened. Did the guns get taken away? No. No. Um, Did... Anyway, so she continues, as a woman, I understand that I have rights as well as responsibilities. For instance, I have the right to vote. However, it is my responsibility to do so. I have the right to work. 
However, it's my responsibility to go to work. I have the right to birth control. However, it's my responsibility to purchase and take them and or use other measures. I have the right to free speech. However, it's my responsibility to use my words with caution in order to protect others' rights. I have the right to free speech. However, it's my responsibility to use my words with caution in order to protect... Oh, whoops. I completely reread the same sentence twice. <laughs> I have the right to assemble. However, it's my responsibility to assure I'm not damaging others' property in doing so. You see, there's a difference between fighting for rights and shifting responsibility. And it seems to me, and the majority of the free world, which I think if you stop at, it's my belief, uh, you know, maybe I'm with you a little bit more, but the majority of the free world, that shifting responsibility is your true goal. Tell me, what right has been or will be taken from you? Clearly you must have voted, didn't you? Clearly you assembled, didn't you? Clearly your freedom of speech is intact as you marched around in vagina hats, shouting absurdities, showing the nation your lack of tact and self-respect. But hey, that's your right. You go, girl. Make no mistake about it when I say you do not represent me nor the many women I know. So there's a lot to unpack there. And before I lash out, I'm going to allow you to speak a little bit. So Mm. go ahead. Oh, um, because as a woman, it's probably a little bit better to get your take right away as a woman. And as a part, you're not going to mansplain to me why I should uh, yeah, be let me man, offended by let that me mansplain it to you. <laughs> but, what I'm, but as she has noted that a majority of the free world also feels like that, since you would be part of that majority, I would like to see what you feel. So. I don't disagree with everything that she said there. I don't. Like, I think she has some points. But she also... Oh. She presumes that there... Well, one, she presumes to know what people were marching for. And two, she presumes that all women have the right to work, have the right to, um, birth control, have the right to free speech, have the, have all those rights. And now while we're in the U S and certainly like technically we're afforded those rights, women are still paid. What is it? Like 40% less than men generally? No. Is it? That's not that much. It's the, the number that's bandied about is it's, it's 20% 20. less. Sorry. I I jumped Depending on the economist, whether or not that is a legitimate number varies because there are uh, professions and industries where the pay is equal, but you also have to consider there are women that end up having having to take less for various reasons, which are all probably skewed to the fact that either they make those choices for uh, family reasons to take care of children because we don't have any fucking family leave or maternity leave or all these sorts of things that other fucking countries have. Yeah. So I think for me, the hard, like to me, the March was about, and maybe I'm sure there were lots of people marching for different reasons, but 
to me, it was a statement and a show of unity against what I would see as an administration that um, does not value women. And granted, like this is before, it, I mean, we were one day into it when that march happened. But when you have a, a now president who has said the disparaging things that Donald Trump has said about women and Mike Pence, who has um, not again just, and ag- not again and again legislated against women. I mean, against women's health rights uh, Mike, over Mike, and over. Mike Pence doesn't have a record of statements. He has a record of actual things that he has done. Right. Legislative Trump things. Trump doesn't, but he does. Because Trump has no record. Restrictions on equal rights for women, for transgenders, for homosexuals, for all these different things. He has a track record of fucking terrible shit. Yeah. So, to me, I mean, that's why they were wearing pussy hats and whatever. Is It's like, it's a, it's a way to throw that back at, I don't know, like... Honestly, like, I don't even know that I can concisely talk about it yet, but I think for me, the, one of the hardest parts about women who don't understand why those other women marched is I feel like there's a real, um, naivete there. There's a real lack of understanding of the struggles that have happened for women, um, that have got them. She was able to write that and legitimately feel those things because there were women who protested before her. There were women who, um, I mean, I saw I've seen, well, it wasn't video because it was too soon. It was too before video existed, but I've seen pictures of women suffragettes being beaten by men being like, because they wanted to vote. Like they showed up where they were legally able to vote. They legally had the, well, constitutionally, we should have already had the right to vote. It shouldn't have even been something. (laughs) Thanks, Buster. Thanks for chiming in, pal. (laughs) No man, no mansplaining from the dogs either. (laughs) Do like Kevin Smith. Shaggy! <laughs> so, and that, what you're saying basically flows into, this is something I've, I saw tweeted uh, out by several different people. I've seen it on Facebook and, and a few other places. Um, it's from, I'm not sure if it's Dina or Dinah uh, Ligerman, uh, and she wrote this. I believe it's in response to um, a Disgrace to Women poem that has also been making the rounds. Um, but basically this is, is, this is what she has to say. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's some, some stuff in here that I definitely want to, to read. Say thank you. Say thank you to the women who gave you a voice. Say thank you to the women who are arrested and imprisoned and beaten and gassed for you to have a voice. Say thank you to the women who refused to back down to the women who fought tirelessly to give you a voice. Say thank you to the women who put their lives on hold, who lucky for you, did not have better things to do than to march and protest and rally for your voice. So you don't feel like a second-class citizen, so you get to feel equal. Thanks to Susan B. Anthony and Alice Paul for your right to vote, and Elizabeth Stanton for your right to work, and Eleanor Roosevelt and Molly Dewison for your ability to work in politics and affect policy, and Margaret Sanger for your legal birth control, You can make your own choices, speak and be heard, vote, work, control your body, defend yourself, defend your family. Because of the women who marched, 
You did nothing to earn those rights. You were born into those rights. You did nothing, but you reaped the benefits of women, strong women, who fought misogyny and pushed through patriarchy and fought for you. And you sit on your pedestal, a pedestal you are fortunate enough to have and type, a keyboard warrior, a fighter for complacency, an acceptor of what you were given, a denier of facts, wrapped up in your delusion of equality. So that right there is like a punch straight to the face. Yeah. And it speaks to this, and this is like the new in term is the bubble that we live in. And so women are certainly not treated equally in this country. It's gotten better in a lot of ways. I but that's my perception as a man. So to me, it's subtle. So like the things that are subtle about it, um, like you can look at the presidential election and certainly like Hillary Clinton, there's a lot of things to hate about Hillary Clinton for sure. Um, And I understand why a lot of people dislike her, but some of the things that people disliked her for were specifically because she was a woman, not because they felt she was corrupt, not because they felt she was like a long-term politician, which inherently means corruptness, not because they felt like her policies or her ideas were bad. Like they specific, they were specific to being a woman. So as a woman, she, I'm positive. She went through vocal, vocal coaching to lower the pitch of her voice because she spoke very differently than she had earlier. Um, and I, and side note, I don't think it's the first time she's done that. Um, because when they were in Arkansas, I watched, um, frontline did a really, really good, it was a really, really good, um, like an hour, two hour, maybe, um, show on Trump and Clinton and going their deta- in, into their backgrounds. But one of the, at that point, she also, when she, when they went to Arkansas, she, changed the way she spoke. She became more plain spoken, became more folksy. Cause I mean, she's a Northeastern, like she's a new Englander, you know? And, and that's fine. I don't. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, I got off track. Hillary, Hillary tangent at this point. No. Okay. Is- let me, okay. Let me go back to it though. But so for one, they called her, they said that she was shrieking. So, and that's specifically because she was a woman. All Donald, Donald Trump doesn't know how to speak in a normal speaking voice. All he does is shout, but that wasn't shrieking. Um, she is perceived as cold because she's not this warm, inviting, pleasant sort of ideal woman. And so she's strong, she's smart, and she's probably, she's got some edge to her and she has, she's got some sharpness to her. And in a man, that would be fine. In a woman, that will you will that that will be a, a huge mark against you every time. She's judged separately, and she spoke about that a little bit and um, a couple different things before before the election or during the election or whatever. But um, but so that's one thing. But the things that otherwise that are subtle um, are. I am very terrified to walk in a parking ramp by myself because. I just don't know if that guy who's standing over there who's walking to his car, walking out from his car is going to attack me. Yeah. Um, the other things that are subtle is that I, um, I don't know, like 
So, so let me. She, this, uh, this article goes on to to hit some of the things that I think that you'd probably want to get to. So let me. I know I'm not being very concise can, today. Can go can go through here. She goes on to say, you're not equal, even if you feel like you are. You make less than a man for doing the same work. You make less as a CEO, as an athlete, as an actress, as a doctor. You make less in government, in the tech industry, in healthcare. You still don't have full rights over your body. Men are still debating over your uterus, over your prenatal care, over your choices. You still have to pay taxes for your basic sanitary needs. You still have to carry mace when walking alone at night. You still have to prove in court why you were drunk on the night you were raped. You have to justify your behavior when a man forces himself on you. You still don't have paid or even unpaid maternity leave. You still have to go back to work while your body is broken while you silently suffer from postpartum depression. You still have to fight to breastfeed in public. You still have to prove to other women it's your right to do so. You still offend others with your breasts. You are still objectified. You're still catcalled. You're still sexualized. You're still told you're too skinny or you're too fat. You're still told you're too old or too young. You're applauded when you, quote, age gracefully. You're still told men age better. You're still told to dress like a lady. You're still judged on your outfit instead of what's in your head. What brand bag you have still matters more than your college degree. You're still worse off if you're a woman of color, a gay woman, a transgender woman. You are still harassed, belittled, dehumanized. Your daughters are still told they are beautiful before they are told they are smart. Your daughters are still told to behave even though boys will be boys. Your daughters are still told boys pull their hair or pinch them because they like them. You are not equal. Your daughters are not equal. You are still systemically oppressed. But I get it. You don't want to admit it. You don't want to be a victim. You think feminism is a dirty word. You think it's not classy to fight for equality. You hate the word pussy. Unless, of course, you use it to call a man who isn't up to your standard of manhood. You know what type of man that... Sorry. You know the type of man that allows his woman to do whatever she damn well pleases. I get it. You believe feminists are emotional, irrational, irrational, and unreasonable. Why aren't women just satisfied with their lives, right? You get what you get, and you don't get upset, right? I get it. You want to feel empowered. You don't want to believe you're oppressed, because that would mean you are indeed a second-class citizen. You don't want to feel like one. I get it. Don't worry. She says that she'll walk for you. She'll walk for your daughter and your daughter's daughter, and maybe you will still believe that the world did not change. You will believe you've always had the rights you have today, and that's okay. Because women who actually care and support other women don't care what you think about them. They care about their future and the future of women who come after them. Open your eyes. Open them wide. Because I'm here to tell you, along with millions of other women, that you are not equal. Our equality is an illusion. A feel-good sleight of hand. A trick of the mind. I'm sorry to tell you, but you are not equal. And neither are your daughters. But don't worry, we will walk for you, we will fight for you, we will stand up for you, and one day you will actually be equal instead of just feeling like you are. So one of the things Ruth Bader Ginsburg said one time, she was asked in some interview that what, how many female justices would be enough? And she said, well, when there's 12. 
And that was shocking. She's like, well, why should it, how can there be enough? How can there be too, there's enough when it's not considered strange that all of the justices are female, that they would be considered just as competent, just as able to, um, to make decisions regarding legality in our country how that's a that is the definition of when it's enough yeah but when you get 12 women together they're all going to get on their periods at the same time (laughs) where did we see that we just saw that somewhere and then there's going to be like a week in the calendar where nothing's going to get done (laughs) or they're going to make rash decisions and be emotional and it's going to be bad for everyone because we can't have that yeah Mm -hmm. so i think that there are women that marched for a variety of reasons. And it's too easy and too simplistic to say, we are walking, we are protesting against Trump. Right. Or we are protesting against issue A or issue B. It was different for everyone. And my hope is that in the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to have someone on that actually went to DC and walked. Um, and, and get her story. Uh, I'd hope to get that set up this week. It just hasn't worked out. And so... it's It continues to be a question of... Why is it okay for men to do certain things, but it's not okay for women? And at what point... Does that change? Like what? I I just I just don't understand. Well, first let me let me say this. I, I don't like the fact that we live in a world where it's a group of men deciding what women do with their bodies. Yeah. That to me is asinine. And not to mention the fact that even if it was a group of seven or eight or ten male doctors, I still wouldn't be okay with it. Not to mention a bunch of rich old dudes that think that, like, you know, you just drop a baby out of your uterus and you just walk back to work the next day and everything's fine. No big deal. You know, get back out there, kid. Shit like having your birth control cut from insurance. Things like making contraceptive harder, co- contraceptives harder to get. If, if men had to do the child rearing and actually have the babies, it, it would be a completely different thing. So can I piggyback onto that? So on t- in addition to women being not equal... I think it is ridiculous that women are considered to be the primary, the moms, I'm not a mom, but that moms are considered to be the primary caregiver and dad is the babysitter. Like dad babysits the kids or whatever. There's like this perception that the mom does everything. She does all the child rearing and then the dad swoops in and is the hero. And that's a big pile of bullshit. Like, and I think that is part of that same mindset and, that like men can't stoop to be the child rearer. Like that's, that's a, that's a woman's work. That's a woman's job. And in reality, like 
it takes more than just the mom to raise children. It takes more than just the dad to raise children. You need both the mom and the dad or both moms or both dads or whatever and community surrounding that, whether it's family, close family, friends, neighbors, whatever. You need community supporting that. And so I just, I, that's another piece of it. Like it, to me, the thing that's hard and, and why like some girls like that Britney girl or whatever don't understand why those women marched is that it's not specifically one issue. Like certainly part of it was a show of a show of unity against Trump. That was a portion of it. Um, a, a portion of it as well was marching for women's rights that their fears will be, will be restricted or taken away. Um, all of those things are part of it, but it's deeper than that. It's cultural. It's, it's systemic. And so it's really a change of, it's a whole paradigm shift needs to happen in order for it to change. And, and I don't know that you can do that by marching, but you can certainly open up the door to conversation by marching. Absolutely. And one of the frustrations I continue to have is this fight for birth control and access to contraceptives and the there's there's the whole thing about planned parenthood and how they have to defund planned parenthood because all they do is they're just baby killers and all this sort of stuff when in actual reality if you paid half a fucking minute of attention or read some articles or some literature you would find out that planned parenthood probably prevents 10 times the amount of abortions More than, than, it, that. than it would ever actually perform not to and, mention they do health screenings. Right. And that's like that's like a narrow piece of the pie of what a group like that does. And defunding programs like that adversely affect poor people yeah. to an even greater degree because a rich person is going to figure out how to get done what they need to get done. And one of the questions that was asked on Facebook um, when I posted things about what people want to hear about is Misty decided she wanted to keep it light and asked um, what your It's been a light one already. Are, so. Right. It's, it's, so we'll keep it light here. Misty wanted to know specifically your thoughts on the pro-life, pro-choice argument and children. So... I, I will let you have the floor. Okay. Well, for one, uh, we've actually talked about this before. We are not having children. Um, I'm, I'm old as crap, man. Like I'm 41. Like there's no babies coming out of here anymore. So there's about to be cobwebs up in that. thing. <laughs> so, uh, no, that's not happening. Um, and we have taken preventative measures. Like I don't mind and saying that I children, have and children as a whole. If you were asking that question, most of them are monsters. <laughs> so if you were just There's looking, at, right. if you were looking for a broad overview of children as a whole, most of them are monsters. But specifically <laughs> to us, no, we're not having them. And I don't mind saying that we have taken measures. Um, I have an IUD. I got it like a year and a half ago, and so that's five years for sure that we won't be having children. And then we'll do. I'll do something again after that. I'm sure until I'm of an age where I don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, to get to pro-life, pro-choice. So um, I'm a Christian, uh, if, as you may or may not know. Um, and, a, 
and at one point I would have called myself an evangelical Christian. I don't think I would, I don't think that is a good classification for me anymore because of a lot of things I won't go into. But one of the things specifically is their stance on abortion. Um, and I would say I would have to declare myself as pro-choice, but as a pro-choice person who hates abortion. And so what what is mind-boggling to me about the pro-choice, pro-life movements, um, particularly the pro-life movement, is that or what is the pro-life movement especially and the evangelical Christians and 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 right-wing thinking people or um, conservative thinking people, it may be a friendlier way to say that, um, is that they absolutely want to outlaw abortion. Um, I, I, I would find, I think you would be hard-pressed to find someone who says, yeah, I love abortion, and I think that that should be the way that we do birth control. I don't think that... We should like, I think we should just have sex as much as we want. And then if you get pregnant and you don't want it, then you have an abortion. Like, I think most people would say that, that I, I, I would find it hard to find a serious person who would say that that's what we think that we should be doing on either on the pro-choice side of the argument. So let me get back to my own personal thoughts on it is that I'm pro-choice because while I had I had gotten pregnant at any point, I would not have chosen to have an abortion. But I don't have the right to tell another woman what is right or wrong for her. And where Christian where evangelical Christians get excited about that is that they're not thinking about the mother's choices, they're thinking about the unborn child's choice. And and I I understand that perspective wholeheartedly. What is frustrating to me and what does not make any sense to me is along with wanting to outlaw abortion, they also don't want sex education in schools. They also don't want uh, birth control or contraception to be easily accessible. And so to me, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And historically, well, at least in in the recent past, like, I just read something, I I was probably on Huffington Post, or maybe it was even NBC that had it as well, that said that we have, we currently have the lowest abortion rate since Roe v. Wade was passed. And that is not because abortion is any more or less accessible. It's because there are, because women have the ability to get contraception easier than they did before. And so like, I don't think I had to pay hardly anything for my IUD. What I don't understand is at the end of the day, why are we not able to trust that women will do the right thing? Well, because we're just stupid women. Why is it that and this is and this gets off into the the pro choice. And I think for one thing, I think the argument is poorly labeled. Everyone is pro choice. And everyone, I think in some ways, is pro-life. No one wants to kill someone. Right. It's it's a choice for everyone. Whether you're pro-life, whether you're whether you're comfortable with allowing abortion to remain legal, or you are against that, you are making a choice. 
So the question is, why is it that your opinion on that choice outweighs someone else's choice that they feel is right for them? Why are we making that decision? Because that in in the pro-life movement, it wouldn't be about the mother's choice. It's about the baby who has no choice. So well, the that's baby's the focus. Not, the baby's not here to make a choice for itself. Right, I know, but that's that's what I'm. Well, that's the difference. At the end of the day, I'm sorry, but that's not that's not good enough for me. And because because you're asking you're asking someone to make a medical choice based on a philosophical or a faith based opinion. Yeah, you can't. I'm very frustrated about the continuation of living in a society where science is dismissed over questions that are theological and faith-based. There are two separate things. Science is based in fact, things that you can prove, things that you can show your work on and say, this is true. When you are making choices based on whatever religion you subscribe to i'm and i'm all i don't most religions aren't all religions against killing people i would guess for the most part yeah whether it be a fetus or an actual person so th- at that point you're asking people to to ignore science and make choices based on a faith that they may not subscribe to. So you're telling me that as a Christian, you're going to impose your Christianity on this choice for someone that is Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or Buddhist or atheist? How is that right? And so for me, I am and will always remain pro-choice. I think abortion is terrible, but it should be safe, it should be legal, and there should be as little of it as possible. And that starts with educating people and stop being so fucking afraid to talk about sex. Quit being so fucking weird about it. How do you think you got here? You didn't fucking arrive here in a stork in a... They didn't drop you off on your parents' window seal. Get the fuck over it. Teach your kids. Because at the end of the day, all you got to do is think about what you did when you were a kid. Were you trying to mack on a girl? Were you trying to do stuff? Were, were you with a boy and doing things that, you know, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't be doing? This shit comes naturally. Like... I, at a base level, as mammals, this shit happens. And you're asking people to go against their natural inclinations when they get hormones raging and all that stuff gets going. So the only thing you can do is give people every piece of possible information so that when they make their choices that they're as informed as they can possibly be. And that goes for sex education. That goes for their political choices. There is so much information that is available to us now 
at the touch of your finger that you would have had to go miles and far, like do so much work to find even the simplest answers, even 20 years ago, 15 years ago. All the, and all of this stuff is now at the touch of your finger. There's no excuse to say, well, I don't know. That means if you don't know something, that means that you haven't made an effort to learn because there's fucking everything that you could possibly know within your grasp. Could because there's, I don't know, an 80% possibility that you have a smartphone. If you're using technology to hear this podcast, you can certainly get to fucking Google. <laughs> so at the end of the day, there's no excuse to be uninformed. If you are uninformed about an issue, you are choosing to be uninformed yeah. at this point because information is ready ava- readily available. And people that are pro-life should want people to be educated. It's unrealistic to, to feel like, to, to say that people shouldn't have, just, ab- just be abstinent. Always. Yeah. Never have sex anytime, anywhere. Well, you know the people that generally say this? There's, there's two kinds of people that say this. People that you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place. And people that are trying to tell you things that you shouldn't do because they do some real creepy shit behind closed doors. Yeah. And it's hypocritical to put the poorest and the people that have the least in positions in which they have to make choices that are going to negatively impact their lives. Why, Why would you want a child born out of incest or rape to have to be born into a world in which it may have zero quality of life? Because regardless of what you may hear, children can be conceived out of rape. I know that there was a story a while ago that children can only be conceived out of love. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. That's science, motherfucker. All that, all that, all that has to happen is one sperm's got to win that race. One. So, to tell people that they have to choose to do things because of the way you believe, no, that. That is about as un-American as you can be. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that you get to choose to have guns, then women get to choose what to do with their bodies and fuck off. Just make your, make your choice. That, that's, that's the end of it. I just think, and I guess I'm just reiterating my point, but like the only way that we're going to have less abortion is to present on is to prevent unwanted pregnancies. And so you do that by educating women as to what their options are and, and men as well. Like, it's not like this bullshit that it's just a woman's job to, to provide protection again, to provide contraception. Like that's a pile of bullshit, but ultimately like, it ends up on you. Like if I got pregnant, it's on me because I'm the one who's gonna have to carry that kid for nine months before they're even born and then take care of them afterwards or give them up for adoption, whatever. It all falls on me. The guy, I mean, he may love that child or not, but, or be choose to be involved or not. I, the mom doesn't have a choice on whether to choose to be involved in it or not. Like 
at least for nine months she's involved. And so like ultimately if we can prevent women from getting pregnant when they don't want to be, then who cares if abortion is legal or not? We're not going to need it. At the end of the day, if you're a man and you're not in a married, long-term committed relationship and you don't strap up when you have sex, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. Because one, why are you putting yourself in a position of assuming that the other person has taken the responsibility to be safe? Not to mention fucking getting pregnant. You can get a disease. I was just saying, like, don't like, people care about STDs like, anymore? Just because, just because Magic Johnson is still alive doesn't mean you can't get HIV. I know that people think that like maybe this shit is just cured, but it's not. You no, because you don't care about sick. it anymore. No, and that's because why people and live that's forever why, now because they live a long time now. And that's why cases of HIV and AIDS are on the rise. And so, at the end of the day, here's here is what I believe. Both of our views are on this. All right. We are pro-life for ourselves, but that is the choice that we are making because we are pro-choice. Yeah. We don't think abortion is good. We don't want it to happen at all whenever possible, but it should remain safe and legal. So there's 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 the happy point. Yeah. And ultimately, like, I think it's between a woman and her doctor. And I don't think, like, we don't need to go into the whole late-term abortion stuff. But, I mean, ultimately, that those are medical decisions. And I don't believe that the state should be involved in them. Like, that is between a woman and her doctor. And so, I don't... And unless you've ever been in a, in, in a room with a doctor that's told you that your baby is not alive anymore or whatever, which is... Like, pretty much the only time they will do a late-term abortion is when... I mean, you can go anywhere and get someone to do something to you. But if you you think that if you overturn Roe v. Wade, that abortion is just going to poof, magically go away? No. More people are going to die. Because you know what's going to happen? Women are going to go. Poor women. Because rich women will just fly wherever it's legal and get it taken care of. Poor women are going to go and get abortions. And the baby's going to die. And then the mom's going to die too. Yeah. So really, if you are wanting Roe v. Wade overturned, you're actually probably putting more people in harm's way than you're doing good. So fuck off. <laughs> so that's that. There you go, Misty. Is that bright and cheery enough for you? <laughs> happy, happy fucking cheers conversation. <laughs> this has been intense. Seriously, we're at 47 minutes already. Oh. I swore to God that we wouldn't talk about Trump for more than five minutes. And I know. For like well, it's hard. Like, it's, so anyway, all right, we're done with that. No right. more politics. No more gross Yay. stuff. Okay. Rod chimes in. He wants to know how excited we are that he's going to be here on Friday. I'm so excited. I'm mildly excited. Oh, shut yeah, up. It'll be fine. Whatever. I mean, I got a shit ton of cleaning to do before you get here, but I'm yeah. pretty pumped. That he's he's going to be here for like 12 hours. It doesn't need to be that clean. I mean, it's clean-ish. Clean-ish. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the Oscars were announced today. They were. The, um, the um, really what buddy. do they call those? The nominees. Yes. Yeah, the nominees came out. Um, La La Land. 
14 nominations. A record Tied for the most. 14 nominations. A movie that we both agree is awesome. Yes. And everyone should see it. I really want to see it again. And I don't know if you if you know some of the pushback that's coming from this for this movie is people don't like that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone aren't good singers. It's a musical and they're not good enough singers. Like I They're supposed to be people. It's retarded. That's not Sorry, that's not PC. Sorry, Auntie. Whoa. Sorry, Auntie, if you listen to Nikki this. Nikki drops an R bomb. <laughs> That's a so stupid. Disrespectful. That's a stupid. Like that is a stupid, illegitimate argument. I do not. I do not accept. So if you haven't seen La La Land, you should seriously go out and see it. Yeah, um, it's really good. Let's run down the best pictures real quick. Right. I think the biggest, the biggest shock of this whole thing, Deadpool didn't get nominated for best picture. Yeah, I was fine with it. What? I didn't like you that movie. The movie's I, so good. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't think it was that good. Yeah. It wasn't you're, my thing. You are. I love superhero you are, movies. But you're an R word. Shut up. So, uh, Best Picture nominees, La La Land, mm-hmm. Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, Arrival, which we've seen, which was awesome, mm-hmm. Lion, just Dev Patel, who I love from the newsroom. I can't wait to watch so that awesome. movie, actually. I wish it was someone other than Nicole Kidman. I can't take her face anymore. <laughs> I know we talked about being judged by that sort of thing, but it's not that I don't think she's attract- It's She's... People get to the point where, and, and it goes back to all the things that women are judged by, is she's trying to live up to these bullshit standards that have been placed on her. Yeah. And, so, and I think, for the most part, it ends up making people look worse. And guys are now doing it too. You get your face all... You're supposed to Dude. have wrinkles when you get older. So, I, this is going to be a great story because I can't remember the guy's name. He always is. I know. Um, so... He was on West Wing, and he was Donna Moss's boyfriend who led the um, investigation. Mm, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember that guy's name. Uh, no one does. I know. Cliff, it's Cliff Callie on the show, Yeah, but I don't know what his actor name I is. I can't remember what his real name is. But the name of the actor is. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was just watching Nurse Jackie, and he's on in the final season of that, mm-hmm. and he has done something to his face. Like... He Got doesn't even look like the same dude. He looks freaking weird. So um, the others are rounding out Hidden Figures, which is a story about uh, black female mathematicians that uh, helped get John Glenn to the moon. This is like 40 or 50 years after the fact that no one knew this story. I didn't know it. It's like a revolution. Hacksaw Ridge, which is which the, I won't uh, see. disgusting Mel Gibson movie. Not that the movie is disgusting, just that he's a giant piece of shit. Uh, Hell or High Water, which I loved. That was the Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine bank robbery movie that we oh, watched here at the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good flick. That was a really good movie. And Fences, which is uh, the Denzel Washington movie that was a Tony Award-winning play that they brought to, to the big screen. So of these, uh, we've seen La La Land, Arrival, and Hell or High Water. I so need to remember that we watched that we're movie. Not doing, we're not doing so good on these. I don't, well, we don't go to movies anymore, well, so... We have hockey to watch. We got and other crap lots going work. on. We got lots I can of work stuff all the time. Now I do a podcast again. <laughs> uh, best director, Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Barry Jenkins, Moonlight, Kenneth Lonergan, Manchester by the Sea, Dennis Villeneuve, Arrival, and Mel Gibson, Hacksaw Ridge. It's got to so be La La Land, huh? So apparently Mel Gibson is back in the good graces of Hollywood. I guess. 
What a piece of crap. Uh, best actress, Emma Stone, La La Land, Natalie Portman, Jackie, Isabel Hubert for Elle, which is like a foreign language film. Is she won the Golden Globe. I really want to see that movie. Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins, because all we do is nominate uh, Meryl Streep, that super overrated actress for uh, <laughs> awards these days, and Ruth Nega for Loving. Um, I'm really bummed that Amy Adams was not nominated for Arrival. I thought yeah. she was really, really good in that movie. Well, can't all be winners. Give get that overrated Meryl Streep out of there, and she can get the nomination. Which, from what I read, like she was kind of the surprise. People didn't necessarily think that Meryl Streep would be yeah. nominated. So, uh, best actor: Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Denzel Washington, Fences, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, and Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. I don't even know what that movie is. I don't either. So, something to think about. Got to be Ryan Gosling, right? Probably. No, it's probably Casey Affleck. I want Ryan Gosling. Because Casey Affleck... In more ways than one. Because, <laughs> I mean, that movie is more like a... Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I think it's going to be Casey Affleck. So anyway, lots of good movies. Um, what's, the fa- what's your favorite movie that we saw for 2016? I don't even remember what movies we saw in 2016. Honestly. Seriously? Like... La La Land probably stands out because that's one I just saw. You, I, you suck at life. I know. What did, okay, well, name off some movies that we saw. Uh, let's see. I didn't love Star Dead, Trek. I Deadpool. thought it was just fine. I didn't love Deadpool. Uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Eh, it was fine. Captain America, Civil War. Ooh, that one was good. Um, Star Trek, you didn't like that much? No. Um, I just don't remember it. Like, it just was kind of nothing. It was not very memorable. Um... We saw uh, Moonlight. No, we didn't see Moonlight. We saw Rogue One. Ooh, that was a good one. We saw... See, you can't remember either, so screw you, dude. I'm remembering more than you can remember. (laughs) We saw Arrival. We saw La La Land. Maybe, is that it? That can't possibly be. Well, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Which was not good. Mm, No. I'm I'm between La La Land and Rogue One for different reasons, yeah. but like like Rogue One, I didn't think was a perfect movie by any means, but it was really good. I yeah. thought that they um, it's just super fun. Like if you're a Star Wars nerd, yeah, you get to the end of that movie and you're like, holy shit, now it all makes sense. Yeah, like I love that part of it for sure. I really liked La La Land just because like even though there's like it made me cry, it was there were some really sad poignant parts to it or whatever it just was a really fun beautiful movie yeah and it the one thing one of the things that you hear a lot is i wish it wasn't so much of the same thing in hollywood and yeah. if you want something that's completely different totally different then i mean this movie opens with like a 15 minute live on a la shut down freeway huge dance number with like I don't know how many like a hundred people. Oh yeah, yeah and cars least. doing and it's beautifully shot and it's bright and colorful. It's cinescope. Oh, so great! I don't know that I've ever really seen a movie like it. I, I really, it's different than anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I've seen musicals before, but not like that. And and if you don't know who the who the director is, um, he was the director that did Whiplash, and he had actually been developing La La Land. It's Damien Chazelle. He he'd been developing this this movie way before whiplash and could not get anyone to make it. 
And then he made Whiplash. Whiplash blows up as a huge thing. And they're like, well, what do you want to do next? Greenlight so, it, bitches. And now this is going to be a hit. Probably going to win the Oscar. So, I mean, Damien Chazelle can pretty much write his ticket for whatever he wants to do next. Dang right. Can we I get hope- him to do a Star Wars movie? <laughs> I hope City of Stars wins for best song. I yeah. love that song. It's a good song. Either that or the Justin Timberlake one. I can never Just- remember can't stop, uh, can't the, stop feeling. the feeling. That's what yeah, it's that called. One. So I guess I would say my favorite movie. Okay, I have my my five favorite movies are Deadpool, uh, La La Land, Arrival, Hell or High Water, and Civil War. Those are my top five movies for 2016. Mm-hmm. Not the best movies. Those are my favorite movies. Yeah. So. You know what's amazing is that we are 56 minutes into my third podcast of this season, and I have not mentioned the Minnesota Wild once. That well, is amazing. Actually, actually. Maybe, I, maybe I said Minnesota Wild. Maybe I said I want to talk hockey in the first. I've never talked at length in any way, shape, or form <laughs> about this hockey team. And I don't know if anyone is aware of this, but we're playing pretty good right now. <laughs> and... We're in first place in the Central Division, which even I, a ardent supporter of this team, would not have believed had you told me at the halfway point, heading into the All-Star break, that not only are we in first place, but our coach is going to coach the Central Division. We have like the third, the third most points in the entire league, and we're scoring goals. Like, what the hell is that? So... Chuck Fletcher definitely needs to get some credit for uh, – Chuck Fletcher has been ridiculed, it seems like, incessantly. Some of it very well earned. Yeah, very well, Yeah, very deserving. But he deserves all of the credit for, one, being able to go out and get Boost Brujo. And also that goes Boost back – Boost Brujo? Bruce Boudreau. You said Boost Brujo. Boost Bruce Boost. Whatever. <laughs> It's a tough name. It is. It's it, try to get by, try to get that BB out. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> he's my he's my, he's now my first b- favorite BB. Last year was BB eight. Now he's my favorite <laughs> BB. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Chuck Fletcher deserves the credit for being able to go out and convince him to sign, but also Craig Leopold for saying, "Hey, let's go ahead and pull the trigger." I mean, they still had to pay Mike Yo for this year. And so, oh, they did. I didn't know that they fired him. He had another year left on uh, his deal. Oh, I didn't realize that. All right. And to say, and and then, I mean, that was before he got the St. Louis gig. I'm not sure how the money works out when, when you consider that Mike got a new job. Like I don't really pay attention to that money stuff. Yeah, but so, to to be able to pony up and say, let's go ahead and go get this guy, and then to go out and get Eric Stahl, who is absolutely the steal of free agency for reals when you look at this season's Devin Dubnik when you look at productivity versus what what it cost so um I'm I'm really trying to keep my expectations in check and now it's the hard part is they lose so infrequently now that now when they lose it feels like the end of the world and they've lost twice in two weeks and it's like what the hell's wrong why why aren't things going well it's got to win the week Jones that's right got to win the week so um they actually dropped the puck on uh, the game with the Dallas Stars about 35 minutes ago. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, you know, we didn't end it on negative. Um, if anybody stuck around <laughs> till now. Yeah, if you're, if you're still with us, <laughs> God bless you. Because 
There's a good chance that you agreed with everything that we said, and that's why you're still here. The rest of the the rest of you checked out, and since you're not here anymore, fuck you. Basically. But continue to follow the podcast and come back for the next one because we 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 need you. So big. uh, There's going to be a lot of uh, content coming uh, up here in the next um, week or so. My friend Rod is going to be in town. We are going to San Antonio for the Royal Rumble. Um, so you can look forward to a lot of wrestling talk coming up the next few weeks, Yay. not the next few weeks, the next week or so on the podcast. So I would imagine probably two, maybe three shows between, uh, Friday and Tuesday or Wednesday next week. So a lot of stuff to listen to. Um, some of it you probably won't care about, but Hey, <laughs> I'm in the content distribution business now. <laughs> so this is what you have to look forward to. So I know there was a lot of doom and gloom and, just keep keep finding a bright spot. If you're frustrated by something, go out somewhere. Find a way to make a difference. Go volunteer. Donate to a nonprofit. Get involved. Call your senators. Call your representatives. The only way that we can make a difference is to make our voices heard. And whether that's marching or using your checkbook, sitting and complaining on Twitter and Facebook and reposting memes, not going to get anything done. We have to take it upon ourselves to make a difference. And is it the John Lennon, be the cha- be the change you want to see in the world? I doubt that was John Lennon. Oh, it wasn't? I doubt it. I Somebody it smarter than him probably yeah. said that. Anyway, so go out there and uh, live your life. And don't always worry about every little thing. And have a drink and go dance. Look at some art. Create. Anyway, I'm going to go watch hockey. Thank you for being on the podcast, Nikki. Thank you for having me. I know that uh, you're itching to get back on. The only reason you weren't on the first one, for, for anyone that's asking why she hasn't been on yet, we were waiting for a, a, one of the microphones stopped working, and so we had to wait to get a replacement. So Nikki will be on probably far more than you care about. But... <laughs> She's a good foil. Hopefully I'll have more to say. Like, yeah, you I, just, feel, I, I'm, I love I you, but on, you weren't on your top game today. I wasn't on my A game. I will, I will own that for sure. I'm a little tired. Yeah. All <laughs> I right. didn't really have let's, it. Let's get out of here. Thank All you right. for listening. Be sure to share the podcast with uh, people. Uh, last week's episode was our highest listened to one yet. Um, please continue to share. Um, anytime you have questions, please let me know. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, hashtag JogPod. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dustin Jones. I'm Always Nikki pre- Jones. Really? You just stepped right over you it? You normally have me do that. Fine, sorry. I'll turn Great. my mic off. Great. Way to go. Hey, that's Nikki Jones. <laughs> I'm doing pouty face since you can't see it. <laughs> I'm Dustin Jones. No, I'm not doing it now. <laughs> that's Nikki Jones. Always protect the five hole. It's just me against the world. Ooh.